0: podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Digital Health Unplugged. I'm your host Jordan Soloff, Junior News Reporter for Digital Health and this is the first episode of our mentoring podcast series focusing on CNIO mentoring. I'm delighted to be joined by two great panellists, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Start with you please, Amy.
1: Uh, Hi, I am uh, the Chief Clinical Information Officer for Nursing and Allied Health Professionals at The Christie, um, which is a cancer centre in the north of England, Um, and I have been in post for around eight months now, so still fairly new in my journey.
0: Thanks for coming on, and
2: Peter? Hi, I'm uh, Peter White. I'm the Chief Nursing Information Officer at Alder Hay Children's Hospital uh, up in uh, sunny Liverpool, um, and I've been in post for
0: nearly two years. Brilliant. Thanks both for coming on. And as I said, we're focusing on mentorship today and to start with kind of mentorship in the nursing profession. How important is it really is my first question. What is the importance of either being a mentor or or having a mentor? Particularly in senior leadership roles, such as CNIO and CCIO.
1: Um, well, I'll, I'll chip in, and then Peter can come back. I mean, it's it's hugely important. I think, from a nursing perspective in general, um, obviously you, when you qualify as a nurse, you're a bit of a rabbit in the headlights, and you really, you know, very much need those professional allies, um, and support to to get you. Um, you know, where you need to be where, and guide you along the way. I think when it comes to CNIO or CCIO roles, what's really brilliant about that is there's no real one blueprint to get to that point. So it's really nice that you've got people in a, in the same role from a really varied background. Um, and I think when you get to this level as a, a CCIO, as I am, I think then your mentorship from a senior leadership perspective is incredibly important I think you can't really do your role without that support Um, and certainly at the Christie I'm um, part of our senior nursing um, leadership team, which is brilliant. Um, So our chief nurse is very much in support of our digital strategy, um, as is our deputy chief nurse and our associate chief nurses. So we all kind of sit as one group um, and we meet every week. Um, And it's just a brilliant opportunity to make sure that the trust um, and the executive team are aware of our digital strategy, what our portfolio is, um, and to make sure that we can move towards our objectives. Um, and I think without that buy-in, it would just make the job incredibly difficult. Um, so, you know, I'm really fortunate to have some really strong and supportive mentors that have helped me kind of get to this point in my career and certainly help me in my role now. Um, I, we can't do it without the support of our colleagues.
2: Yeah, and to jump on the back of that, I think that it's so important that it's a continuation of your of your of your skills. So right from the beginning of your nursing career, you are assigned a mentor and you kind of it's it's hardwired that you have people that are able to help you, help support you, help you develop both clinically and professionally. And that just is a continuation throughout your um, development. And it doesn't matter which um, profession you find yourself in, it's just that Amy and I find ourselves in kind of digital leadership roles, but that could easily be uh, transferred to um, another leadership role or to, if we were a specialist nurse, there are still mentors there for, for the support and to make sure that we continue to develop and push ourselves, but also bring on the organization. And the other element of this is obviously from a coaching element as well, because mentorship and coaching kind of go hand in hand. They're two very separate disciplines, but it's really important that we have those uh, people who can guide us and just be um, a a soundboard for, for what we're going through at the moment. You might have challenges, or you might have something that you can't, it's on the tip of your tongue and you can't quite get it out. And you want to make sure that you're able to, communicate that fully and that's why it's so vital to have those really good role models available and those people who can do that either in a formal or informal basis to be able to support you and develop you and also then bring on the service to which provide both you know in the hospital but even regionally and potentially nationally.
1: Yeah I was just going to say that actually so obviously thinking about from a personal perspective your nursing career and development you require mentors within the area that you work and then from a CCIO CNIO perspective you need that trust buy-in and that trust mentorship but actually what's what I absolutely love about the digital community and I say this all the time is that support and camaraderie from a local regional and national level um so Peter and I are obviously both based in the northwest so we have a fantastic northwest CNIO group that's um, chaired by Sharon O'Connor and Paula, right, yeah. Thank you very much. The name went, lost, lost the name there. <laughs> um, but and which is fantastic because it's a really safe space when we meet, where they will obviously bring, um, you know, ICS, ICB level, um, information to us that perhaps we might not be um, involved in within our roles. So we kind of see what's happening from from a system perspective, but then also it's just a really good opportunity to have. Experienced and, like I say, people from different backgrounds working within similar roles to share learning, sh- just do some troubleshooting. You know, there's a lot of overlap with our digital agenda in all the various organisations that we work in, and something that I'm really passionate about is that we don't duplicate and we don't work in silos. So these regional CNIO groups and certainly national CNIO groups are so helpful and instrumental in in just joining the dots and just making that really strong network, which I think. To be honest, is quite unique. I think you know there are really strong networks within all of nursing because I think it's a very supportive and and kind of a lot of camaraderie within it. But I think because digital health and clinical informatics is such a relatively new specialty in the grand scheme scheme of things, that actually there is so much shared learning and, and support that I just think it it's a really exciting profession to to work in.
2: I really do think that. We as kind of digital nurses, we we really appreciate the importance of that network. I mean, I think we're just all hippies at heart, really, but we really (laughs) understand that working together. We've all got common problems where we can work together and it it might not be that I understand the specifics around a particular different provider for, for an EPR or a particular solution but we will certainly come across similar situations. and We've all been there and it's often very complicated to explain in a succinct way to uh, another colleague. But when you speak to another digital person and you say, oh, I've got this problem um, and you can, you, they will be able to give you some advice. And as Amy said, you know, we have a really good uh, Northwest group. We have uh, the the WhatsApp group that we're often texting on. We have regular meetings. We, we, we've got really good communication uh, and we've been really good at making sure that if you need help you can just put it on the group or you know who to talk to if if I've got a particular um, question that I'm wanting to ask I know exactly who to go to and we and, and equally people all the time are emailing me to say oh can we uh, help out with this or can you help us to to develop this solution how have you managed to sort out I don't know fluid balance with pediatrics and something like that and that's the other thing is all the different specialities that we've got it's not just about general or adult nurses being in in that group. I'm a paediatric trained nurse, um, we have mental health nurses and disability nurses, midwives and the digital midwives are a massive group, they're they're a very passionate group. Um, And they're all part of that mixing pot to to really give that kind of blended and holistic uh, voice to to the digital uh, platform, which is something you don't necessarily get if you're in kind of just one siloed specialty. Because as a digital lead, you have to be that person who is able to um, work with all the different teams. I have to go from the governance team, then next time I'm in with tissue viability, then I'm in with the data and analytics team, and then I'm back around to talking with the service managers. And you have to be able to be that flexible. But that's what we all really bring to
0: it is that we we've got that versatility as a, as a group. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks both. there. some great stuff said. How can kind of nurses seeking mentorship in CNI and CCNR roles? about finding kind of the right person the right mentor for them because it can't be easy enough to find that right person
1: no but i think from those networks that we've talked about i think people are really willing to to be that mentor um i personally am doing the florence nightingale scholarship um, which has just been absolutely incredible, um, and I'm credi- incredibly privileged and lucky to, to be on that. So, as part of the Florence Scholarship, you are assigned a mentor. Um, so, I have the fantastic Antonia Brown, um, who is Deputy CNIO um, in a Trust down south, and she's, um, and that's really a really interesting connection for me because her she's a um, primary care nurse, so district nurse by background. Um, she'll probably tell me that that's actually not her job, but it's certainly not a not specialist cancer centre like mine. Um, but that's been really, really helpful because I've never had that insight into primary care and how it works. So I think, you know, something like Florence is very good at matching you with people that you're going to really enhance the support and development for you. Um, similarly, I reached out via one of the networks for, um, there was a mentorship opportunity um, and I have Dion Rogers, um, who everyone will know, who's absolutely incredible. So I feel so fortunate that I've got, you know, these incredible, established, experienced digital clinicians um, supporting me to, and just like I said before, for me to kind of go through what I'm working on at the moment, you know, I'm fairly new in post um, our digital strategy came out towards the end of last year, so I've got quite clear objectives as to what I need and want to achieve. But actually, to have someone with that really brilliant level of experience um, to be able to say, "Oh, have you considered this?" You know, or oh, that's really good. Just reassuring that actually, you know, I am doing things in a in a sensible way. Um, I feel like people are really forthcoming to offer that support. Um, and even like say, you know, with the regional groups, when we talk about things often, you know, I've been on a call this morning about digital literacy and education and a CNIO from another organisation has emailed me with some work that she's been working on. So I, I just feel like there are lots of opportunities there with people who are incredibly forthcoming, which I think is is just a credit to the the specialty, to be honest.
2: Yeah. And I think that um, you Tend to find, you know, throughout your nursing career, there's there's good and bad mentors, but actually where we really are fortunate is that we're with such good communicators in the digital I don't think you can get this far in in uh, professions without being an excellent communicator and you can just sort of um reach out to anybody and uh, to be honest before I became the CNIO I, I reached out to Jackie Cooper um I, I got over uh, I I reached out to to her when she was uh, the CNIO at uh Luft and uh, is now obviously overseeing the largest uh EPR deployment in in the country at uh, MFT, but um, I, I just reached out to her, emailed and said, Jackie, uh, can you help me? And she was so gracious with her time. I had a call with her. We went through loads of stuff, and she's always been you know really good. But equally, there's been so many people throughout. I can't even. I was trying to think as Amy was speaking. I've I've spoken to so many people, and it doesn't matter what level you know. We can you, you can reach out to people, and they will email you back, and they will say this is what you want to do. I can imagine that it would be quite a challenge to think, oh, can I actually go to it? It'd be a bit like sort of speaking to somebody, you know, sort of uh, very high up in, in the organization or something. But actually, if you're that band five nurse or you're that band 5, band six nurse who's really passionate about digital, can really see that transformation and change being part of your role, reach out to your CNIO or reach out to one of the CNIOs. We're all over Twitter. We're all over um, LinkedIn and all the other social medias. And it's it's worth just making that call because I've got people in my organization who who've then come to work and shadow for shifts on uh, with my team who are uh, working across the, across all the hay. But equally, if I, I know of a different team, if it's in a different region and say, oh, look, this person's reached out to me, but I know who your CNIO is or I know who your, the digital team is over there. I can link you in with my team, but also with them, and I think that's what's really important is that networking and communication to mean that we can we can interwork and then bring on the, the digital profession because we want more people, we want as many people involved as we possibly can.
1: Mm. And just to echo that, I think I, I was just thinking back, actually triggered a memory when I was applying for this job. So my predecessor was Sarah Hambridge, who obviously is an incredible digital innovator, who we all know. Um, and I wanted to reach out to kind of other people. To see, because I came with a very different skill set to Sarah. You know, I'm I'm a clinical academic. I work as an advanced nurse practitioner. I've got research in digital health, but I wouldn't say I'm you know a digital innovator. So I reached out to various people, um, in very senior positions. And like Peter says, you know, I got a reply from every single one. Uh, I generally had an hour call with every single person, um, which. You know, certainly now eight months into my role, I see how busy my calendar is. I can't even begin to imagine when you're on a national role, how busy they are. But I just feel that there is this real um, nurturing within, you know, trying to get people into digital clinical roles because it's such, I mean, at the end of the day, digital encompasses everything that we do in the health service in one way or another. So it's so important that we've got this really strong national presence and leadership, obviously led by Natasha Phillips and, and Helen Bolston.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And you touched on there about how kind of how busy the roles can be. I can imagine being involved in mentorship, you end up having quite a lot of different kind of things to do. So how can CNIOs and CCIOs kind of balance the responsibilities of managing and mentoring their team whilst also managing their own professional development and advancement? Well,
2: I think that the difficulty is that there is never going to be enough time and we'll always fill it with 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 stuff if we want to, but actually we, we owe it to the 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 future digital leaders to be able to get them engaged Um, and I think it's about investing in our future because it's fine um, you know just resting on your laurels or saying that, that this is fine, what we've got is is enough. But actually we know in digital that we're always developing, we're always pushing, we're always striving. Every single one of us have got that strategy or the, the document or the next EPR re- release, whatever that might be. And we're all striving for that. And so ensuring that we have a really capable digital workforce to follow us is absolutely vital and it it comes on the top down within each organization you know our our chief nurse nathan askew is is brilliant at seeing that digital is the future and is is really integral but equally kate Warrener as our cdio is is really switched on from the whole regional and national picture into making sure that the digital workforce of tomorrow are prepared um because um as a digitally mature organization, we, we're very fortunate that that we, we were a bit further on, but we do need to make sure that we're bringing those stuff, making sure the training's in place and making it just a factor in in any of our, our work. And at the end of the day, even when you're just uh, if even if you took it back to say just clinical nursing and when when you're on the wards, you that you have a responsibility to to ensuring that you're training with staff, your mentorship, you're are your mentoring students and mentoring all levels of staff. And I've. Really wholeheartedly take take this forward, whereby I'm sort of involved with the universities and doing uh, courses and uh, doing um, projects with with a lot of the students as well, so that we are getting that digital workforce throughout. But that's just something you've got to be really proactive with. But because we are all really engaged in trying to make sure that, that workforce is there, is that creating that sustainability model to to create the digital workforce of the future?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. I'm don't really have much to add to be honest I think you've got a really nice answer there Peter I think that um it kind of comes down to what we've been saying it's all about the support that we've got from above so that we're able to support the guys that we work with and you know I very much believe in we invest in our team and it's looking at the bigger picture and sometimes we can be very reactive and I think we can be very task focused but actually we need to make sure that within the health service as a general, but, you know, obviously particularly in digital, that we look at our long-term vision. And actually, if we take someone out of their role for however many days to do some sort of development, a course or whatever that might be, that's actually a really good investment um, because that's going to have, you know, a bigger impact in, in our service as we go into the future. Um, but I think as well, again, a really nice example of kind of mentoring and networking is, what Peter was saying about digital literacy and digital education. Um, so this is something that I've kind of been looking at and I have an honorary teaching fellow position at the uh, University of Manchester. So I've been looking at, you know, there's kind of several aspects to it, but our digital literacy as a workforce and how we assess and support and develop that. and But then looking at our undergraduate curriculum and how do we create the digitally literate clinicians that we need as per, you know, Natasha Phillips's uh, Phillips Ives review, strategy um and then how do we develop that to our clinical digital clinical team to that expert level and what's been absolutely brilliant is this like i say the amount of shared working on that so that we're not duplicating stuff that people have already done really well elsewhere um and i think that comes from having these really strong mentors who are able to kind of shout about the work that they've done so that we can all kind of join in and, and pick up um where they've left off i just think it's it's brilliant
0: Absolutely, yeah, brilliant. Um, In your experience, what are some of the common maybe misconceptions or just the challenges that kind of CNIOs and CTOs face when it comes to mentoring? And how can those specific challenges maybe be overcome?
2: Well, I mean, I think maybe it's the part of the misconceptions with the CNIO role because it's a a wonderful American title for, for a job, really. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we would probably put phrase, I don't know, digital lead nurse or something like that. But because the CNIO role was quite a robust one within the United States and has been since the 1980s, we, we adopted it because, uh, you know, it made sense. Um, but it's that misconception with what what is a CNIO and what what do they do? And I think my, my children like to think that I just go into a, a hole and, and sit with like minority reports. Um, screens and, you know, Hmm. the data just trickles in and things like that. But no, I think it's uh, really important to be able to sort of say, right, well, what is digital nursing? How do we say what digital nursing is? And how do we need to then incorporate that into everybody's vocabulary? I know, you know, a few years ago when it was every nurse and e-nurse from the RCN and, you know, it was it it was quite lofty the way it was being described at that point. But I don't think anybody really understood that actually Digital is part of everything, and it's not just about, you know, the, the computer or you writing your notes, everything. Data is all organisations now being very data driven, and it really does make the NHS run. And we, we that was so apparent as part of the COVID pandemic. And a lot of the lessons learned was how do we use data to improve outcomes, improve safety? And once organisations have really grasped that and really been leading on that, like, like we, we have in the northwest, We can then use that to sort of be right. Okay, then, well, our training needs to be data driven. What do we need to do to make sure that our workforce is well prepared? And so that's why we need to be able to kind of pass that on to all levels of staff. And it doesn't matter. I I think, uh, you know, even at sort of chief nurse level, they, they appreciate how important the data is and how it's vital to make sure that that is right. And so that's why at all levels we need to be able to say, this is the future or this is now it's not about the future anymore we're in the present and we've got the opportunity to really drive that home and really sort of elevate how we we have the nurse profession because it's it's just integral of of how modern healthcare is it's it's it is how it is now um and it's only going to become more apparent as more stuff gets connected um and we've got We've got to be able to support staff and, and make sure that when we are mentoring them or when all staff are mentoring each other, they know that, you know, they're probably filling in a, a mentorship book on a computer. So, you know, it, it, even if you're wanting to get to that kind of level, everything is is about data now. And it's just uh, that that's that's how it can. That, that's how it is.
1: Yeah. And I think as well, you know, like we've said, digital clinical roles are a fairly new specialty in comparison to you know others. And I think what's really important is that within our organisations, we make sure that there's clarity as to what digital services, who they are, what they do and what we're trying to achieve. Um, I actually am very fortunate, like I said, I've got a really brilliant relationship with our chief nurse, um, Professor Janelle York, who's very much kind of in support of the digital strategy and she has a monthly chief nurse forum that she's kindly let me uh, accost next month. So I have got kind of 30, 45 minutes to talk to our nursing workforce. And I, and I literally want to say, this is who digital services are. We're not just tech bar, which is still kind of the misconception of some people, because, you know, they don't, why would they know anything differently? Um, You know, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is our strategy. And this is how we can help you. And I think you know when we talk about mentoring we've talked a lot about you know mentoring f- from above that we've had and, and what mentoring we give but there's so much to be learned from our colleagues in you know roles that are lower bands than us um because They're the ones doing the do. And certainly within um, the digital clinical team in our trust, I've actually rewritten the job descriptions so that we have clinical shifts as part of our roles. um, Because I think it's so important to make sure that we've got that engagement, but also that credibility that actually we're using these systems in real life so that we know how they are. Um, But we have, you know, I want to make sure and we have got it at the Christie, which I'm very proud of, that anyone from any area, any level can come and can mentor us and say, you know, we've used this system that you've put in. But actually, I think this could be done a little bit differently and I think it would be better. Um, So mentoring will always go both ways. And I think it's just really important that we make it make ourselves really approachable and accessible to everyone.
2: And Amy raises a really good point there about making sure that the digital team maintains a clinical focus. So equally for my team, they have like a 50 50 role of clinical and uh, digital. Uh, just to maintain that clinical aspect of it, but equally there there's a um, AHPS as well as part of that team, just to have that more holistic um, viewpoint. And also, it's just a, another conversation within it because within within the the team. Because otherwise, if you go down too much of a nursing view, you become very blinkered to the possibilities of digital. And be and with digital being a complete blank canvas. We have that opportunity to, to to build what we want, so we we've, we've been able to have that. But you're always learning from either way. But I think maybe that is just a nursing element whereby we look for mentors, we look for good role models, we look for people who will elevate us and elevate the team and elevate the um, the organization and and the profession as a whole. And I think you know we 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 are able to use that to our advantage, and then elevate everybody in the in the organization really to to be the best that we can be
1: my role and just to touch on that as well obviously so I'm CCIO for nursing and AHPs and yeah I couldn't agree more Peter I think when when you are a nurse you become very blinkered to the nursing need but actually having AHPs in a team so we've got one pharmacist at the moment we've got a few um, posts that are going to go out and they're very clearly labeled digital clinical implementers rather than digital nurse implementers um, because it's just so important, you know, it's one workforce at the end of the day Um, and I know that kind of is a little bit idealistic but ultimately we're all here for the same goal and it's just incredibly important that we make sure that we have every kind of aspect covered Um, because in terms of our like patient documentation you know we all know that we document far too much and we need to at the moment we're refining our our reforms um, to make them more efficient and effective Um, but I'm never going to be able to look at a a physio e-form and be able to say with confidence that this is how it should be so again it's that collaborative work and um, across specialties.
0: Do we think there there are enough kind of mentorship programs and clear pathways of support for nurses particularly maybe for those quite early on in their careers or do we think there needs to be even more focus on kind of mentorship in this area?
1: I think I mean I think there are some absolutely fantastic um, pathways out there I mean the, Florence, like I say, I can never talk more highly about the Florence um, Foundation because it's just absolutely incredible. Um, We have the Shared Decision Making Council as well now. um, And one of my um, digital clinical inventors, Beth, who's brilliant, is chairing the Northwest group for that. And that's kind of aimed at newly qualified or recently qualified nurses and AHPs um, to bring their thoughts and opinions through as to developments that they think would be worthwhile and I think that's certainly not something that existed when I qualified 7,000 years ago Um, you know I think it's I think we very much do champion I think possibly historically nursing and and maybe just the NHS in general was very much dictated by band and title whereas I think that has definitely got has, has changed and I think that you know certainly my Opinion and and that of the senior nursing team that I work with and, and colleagues across the organization, it's I would never see someone for their band because everyone can bring something to the table and does bring something to the table. But I think that historically, there probably wasn't those opportunities for people who weren't in leadership roles to actually have that voice. Whereas I think now, through various different ways, and you know, like Peter said, Twitter is a fantastic. Um, Vehicle for getting things out there and sharing best practice and just joining up with people um, at every level. So I think that there are there are lots of programs available, um, and it's just making sure that you know through networks like this we we make sure that people are aware of them all.
2: Yeah, I think um, there's a a phrase that um, I we we often hear or sometimes hear in the digital team here, which is no no uh, badges on speedos, whereby you everybody's equal and it doesn't matter whether you are the chief executive or you're you know just somebody who's unpaid and just walking outside your opinion still matters Um and everyone is valued and I think that's again really integral in the digital uh, sphere because w- we see that in in across the region across the patch um and it's having your opinion count and matter and that you will have that idea your idea you've got to not be afraid to speak up and and talk and that's that's kind of integral across the digital service i think the the, the really important part of of having those kind of sort of uh mentality to to be be approachable is is really good and as Amy said you know we're so fortunate to have the florence nightingale foundation um to to be able to shape those senior clinical leaders um and at all levels be able to work with uh the the digital digital staff of tomorrow but we 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 can always do more and i think that's why you know this podcast is brilliant because we you know basically open our doors on hoping that me and Amy aren't having to deal with too many emails now, but Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, everyone is welcome, but it's really important that we make sure that we are reaching out to people. If you've got a passion for digital and it might just be a passion for transformation or a passion for, you don't think it's digital. You don't want to be sat behind a keyboard all day. It's not about that. It's about how you can change, how you can improve and the traditional routes of, okay, well, I'll become a band six in my ward, maybe a band seven, or I might go into specialism or I might go to research digital covers all of those bases. You can be anything you want and still be where you want to be. So you can still be that digital midwife. You can still be that digital research nurse. Um, you can still be that um, PIC nurse. You've got that opportunity to be able to, to fulfill what you want to do as well as be
0: that digital expert. Nicely said, dear. Yeah, brilliant. Um, in terms of mentoring kind of in your careers, what are there any kind of success stories Examples in particular that kind of stick out for you in terms of how the mentoring has helped you, or maybe helped other mentees in your career. I've touched on it a little bit earlier on, but any particular success stories that maybe you'd like to share?
1: I think, I mean, someone who who isn't digital. Um, I always say the story. There's a award manager at the very beginning of my career who really reinforced that message of band is irrelevant, and it's all about everyone having that opportunity and that voice. And I just think I'd come from an area where. The management style was probably the opposite to that, and it, I didn't enjoy it. So it was, you know, you're quite young and, and quite impressionable. So it was, for me, really transformative to be to move areas and to meet someone like that, because that's that's how I felt, but I didn't quite know how to to vocalise it. Um, and that's very much the ethos that I've taken forward in my career. Like I say, um, certainly when I you know was looking into this role initially, it came out as just a common opportunity. Um, and you know, I reached out to Sarah Hambridge and um you know she was incredibly supportive and again linked me in with various people in preparation for the Florence Nightingale um application that I'd just submitted. Um and I think that you know it's it's building those relationships that enable you to feel confident enough to apply for these. Roles and opportunities. I think you know sometimes you get that dreaded imposter syndrome, which I definitely have in abundance at times. Um, so it's being around like-minded people who actually you know help to build you up, um, and enable your transformation and your development. Um, but I mean, I've I've like I said, worked for a very long time, so there are lots and lots of people, um, that I could credit my uh. You know credit for being fantastic mentors. Similarly, like I say, I'm a clinical academic, so Professor Dawn Dowding is um professor at the University of Manchester. Um and she was my um primary supervisor for my pre-doctoral um fellowship. And again she has been really transformative in refining you know my research area and helping me to create some okay, I hope, (laughs) research to put out into the sphere in digital health. So um, yeah, loads of people that I'm incredibly grateful for.
2: Yeah, and for for me, I've been so fortunate to have so many fantastic mentors. I mean, from a a digital standpoint, uh, I've already mentioned kind of Jackie Cooper really helping me um, during my uh, time before I became a CIO, inviting me to meetings, getting me in on calls, getting me involved in the kind of wider digital conversation within the region because before I became CNIO um, I, I wasn't as as clued up as to all the fantastic work that was going on in a very limited uh, exposure from from my previous role in critical care um, but I, again we've just got so many brilliant uh, mentors for, for me to bring my myself on but from direct sort of clinical uh, or, or personal digital journey for for a member of staff I I, I worked with a student of quite a few years ago now when I was a, a, a PICU nurse um who then when they they qualified obviously was quite interested in some of the digital work I was d- I was doing on the intensive care unit how I was doing some of the interfacing work and looking at the nursing uh, element and a couple of years later I actually applied to join my team uh, as part of that and then further on became, uh, took over my role as the digital lead for that service and is now doing incredible work on the intensive care unit. And that's somebody who I've seen from a third year student nurse all the way through now to being in charge of a a large intensive care unit's uh, digital service. And it's just such an honour to be able to sort of be a part of that journey for them you know because it's there it's them that, that have done the work it's not me but it's just to see that impact that they've had on on critical care and both locally but then nationally as well and then the ideas that they've had and the discussions that they have with their team and about how they can push on the service and i think that's the best thing about you know when when you are a mentor or a teacher it's not about what you do it's it's about how that person impacts the wider sphere of influence
0: Brilliant yeah well it's scary how quick the time goes isn't it but sadly, we've come to the end of the episodes but I just want to say first of all thank you so much for help you're definitely going to come on again you because you've been brilliantly really speaking brilliantly so thank you so much for taking the time to come on Digital Health Unplugged really enjoy just sitting and listening that's the joy of being the host just get to sit and listen to some great things so thank you very much for coming on thank you everyone for listening joining. yeah, yeah, yeah and make sure to nice. share this around of course yeah. We'll share this around on our socials and push it on discourse as well. And it'll be available to listen back to on all your favourite podcast platforms. And we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to Digital Health Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favourite podcast platform. And to find out about our latest news and events, head to our website, digitalhealth.net.